Welcome to Divorce Right, HR solutions for divorce in the workplace. I'm your host, Vicki Townsend, and welcome to the show for HR directors, managers, and department heads looking for solutions for their divorcing employees. Divorce is the second highest life stressor coming in just slightly behind death of a loved one. From presenteeism to absences and everything in between, divorcing employees cost our country billions of dollars each year in lost productivity. In this show, you'll learn how you can help your employees through this very challenging life event. So join us every Monday where we dive into the state-of-the-art techniques, tips, and real-world solutions for divorcing employees in the workplace. You'll meet thought leaders from the divorce and the human resources industries from across the country. You'll hear from industry giants in the fields of mental health, legal matters, finance, issues with children, and so much more to help you help your employee through this incredibly challenging life event. So put it on your calendar and learn how you can make this process a better one for your team. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us on this podcast made just for HR managers and company supervisors, Divorce Right, HR solutions for divorce in the workplace. I'm your host and founder of Divorce Right, Vicki Townsend, and today we are speaking with a very special guest, Stacey Francis of Francis Financial, on a very special topic, helping HR managers support their employees with financial-related questions. So let me tell you about my friend Stacy and why I asked her to do this with us today. Stacy is the president and CEO of Francis Financial, a fee-only boutique wealth management, financial planning, and divorce financial planning firm dedicated to providing ongoing comprehensive advice for successful individuals, couples, and women in transition, such as divorce or widowhood. She is a certified financial planner, a certified divorce financial analyst, a certified estate and trust specialist with over 20 years of experience in the financial industry. Stacy is also the founder of Savvy Ladies, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and empowering women to take control of their finances. She is also a nationally recognized financial uh, expert, featured on CNBC's Digital Financial Advisor Council, the Forbes Financial Counselor, yeah, the Forbes Financial, let me do that one again. She is a nationally recognized financial expert featured on CNBC's Digital Financial, fin- one more time. <laughs> let me, let me, let me do, let me say that out loud so I can get it out. Yeah, it's Digital a, it's financial a Advisor <laughs> Council. Okay, here we go. She is a nationally recognized financial expert featured on CNBC's Digital Financial Advisor Council, the Forbes Finance Council, Kiplinger, and the Wall Street Journal. Stacey is the host of Financially Ever After, a podcast focusing on women, money, and divorce. She is also the author of Financial Help for Widows, a complete resource guide, and the white paper unveiling the unspoken truth, the financial challenges women face during and after divorce. Welcome, Stacey. How are you today? Thank you. I'm blushing. I wish my children had heard that because they- (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll tell them all of your- You tell them. I will. I will. My kids don't believe a word I tell them about myself. I have to require, it requires outside intervention, but I understand completely. You know, this is such a great topic um, because HR, they're, they're involved with all of these splitting of, you know, all of these details. So 
tell, let's start this, let's dive in deep and say, what is the best, <clears throat> best method of dividing 401ks, defined benefit plans and pensions and, and anything else that's involved with that? Yeah, it's um, really important before you go in and start to, you know, use a ninja short sword to to cut things in half or whatever that that amount is, is to really understand which each of these accounts are. And so when it comes to 401ks, um, many, many individuals just assume, well, you know, if they've been married their whole life, um, it's all marital money, meaning that it was earned and also invested during their marriage. Well, let's just split it in half. But here's where you can add a huge amount of value. Uh, more companies than any other time in history now offer two types of 401ks. 401ks that are those traditional 401ks where you get a tax benefit uh, on the money that goes in, but then every dollar coming out is taxable. Um, actually, similar to ordinary income, uh, you have state, local, federal, Social Security, and Medicare taxes that you need to pay when you take it out. The second type of 401k that's offered by more companies than we've ever seen um, that is just such a great deal is a Roth 401k. And this type of 401k, the tax implications are actually the opposite. There's no real tax benefit when investors, employees put money in, but more, boy, do they get a benefit when they take it out. Because whatever those dollars grew to, they take it out, not only their contributions, but all the earnings come out tax-free. So this is where you can add a huge amount of value. Being able to help explain to the employee how their 401k is invested, what portion is in a traditional 401k that they're going to have to pay taxes on when they take the money out, and what portion might be in a Roth. Because you need to make sure that each piece of those is addressed separately because otherwise, and I've seen this happen, it's split in half and one spouse gets half of the 401k and it happens to be the Roth and the other spouse gets the other half of the 401k and it tends and it's the traditional, the, the regular 401k. And even if they're worth each $100,000 after tax, the person who's taking that regular 401k, that only might be worth 70,000 after tax, a 30, a 30% difference. And I don't know about you, but that spells litigation to me. And that spells a lot of challenges as well. Sorry about that. I realized I was just muted. But that was, that's so interesting and so true. And I think it's very important. That's why having somebody like you on the team is so important because if you didn't miss it, you didn't, you, you don't get it. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. Right. That's the scary thing. And yeah. it's easy to think, you know, there was a, also, um, uh, we had a conversation about real estate where, um, you know, they, they took the value of all of their properties and some were rental properties and they had the one marital home and they looked at those as being the same, right. Yeah. Except yeah. the home is, you know, sucks in all of the money and the, the rental properties 
produce income. And if you don't look at it that way, you you lose out financially. And I learned that from somebody just like you that really cares about how what the, the future, it looks good on paper today, but that's not what it's going to look like. And I, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. You know, there's also something called a quadro. Can you yes. tell us what that is? And, you know, wh- who's responsible for completing the quadro? How does that work? Yeah. So quadro is, you know, one of those acronyms that gets thrown around a lot in the divorce. And Really what it stands for is a quad, a quadro is a qualified domestic relations order. So um, it, it's kind of like a, a GPS that tells you how to go from point A to point B. And they are must-haves if you're going to be splitting any assets subject to divorce that are ERISA-based. And ERISA-based assets are 401ks. Some of you might actually have defined benefit pensions, those old pensions, typically at larger companies that have been around uh, 40, 50, 60 years. Uh, to be able to split those assets, that's what needs to be done. Now, there's, there's good news. There's good news because typically it's not the HR professional that has to fill out the quadro. These are legal documents and a lawyer actually is the person who, a quadro specialist that will be filling it out. That being said, though, um, the the HR manager is going to have to review that quadro, review the directions, and make sure that the assets are split subject to all of the different terms that they say. Not so hard when you have a 401k that let's say is just a traditional 401k and half of it gets transferred to her IRA and let's say he's the employee and the other half stays there. But there can be a lot of challenges when you're talking about a defined benefit plan where instead of a lump sum of money, there might be a monthly payment that is due to the employee once they reach full retirement age. And there are so many implications. Number one, you know, if that is a monthly payment, is when is that going to be split? Is it when he actually retires and starts to receive that benefit? Or is it when he's eligible to receive that benefit? Not mentioning names, but I've seen some pretty angry ex-husbands who decide not to retire because they don't want their ex-spouse to have their benefit. So they just keep on chugging along and working until their 70s. Uh, Fair or not, we can all decide. The other thing, what happens if he gets remarried? And now she potentially might be subject to receive some of that benefit if he passes away. So if he passes away, does his new wife receive that benefit? So there are a million and one situations. Usually most of them are like Jersey housewives-like situations. (laughs) And the thing is, again, you're not responsible to, 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 you know, draft that quadro, but it is really helpful to have a conversation with the employee just making sure that their professional has talked about some of these things that do happen. Many times people do pass away before they start to collect the pension. Many times people do get remarried happily. And so, you know, knowing that just making sure that in that document, that those things are addressed. 
you don't have to do it, but you just want to make sure that employee is, is protected. And the one thing that we haven't talked about that more and more Americans have are those 401k loans. Mm. We've had numerous situations where no one knew there was a 401k loan. And often when you look at the statements, um, the value of that account is the value before the 401k loan has been taken out. And so if they have a $50,000 loan, you'll see that it's worth $100,000 where if you get back to the ninth page of the actual account statement, you then see that actually, you know what, the real value is 50,000 because there's a current outstanding loan of $50,000 on that. That has obviously implications for how that is to be split. That has implications for how that quadro is used. So that's another wonderful thing you can do in addition to letting them know whether it's a Roth or a traditional on that 401k, making sure that there's no type of loan that is outstanding. And if you're an HR professional that is working particularly in a government, nonprofit, you often are using a retirement plan called TIA-CREF. So TIA is one of the most well-known. But with TIA-CREF, they have, instead of 401ks, they have what's called 403Bs or TDAs. All the same rules apply. But this is a situation where some of those investments in that account actually have implications and can't be split. They, you have to, so the TIA traditional is one of them. And the ability to get out of that investment often takes five years to slowly pull your money out. And so again, if you're using TIA CREF, that's something to know. Sometimes it's not often, but sometimes the investments in a 401k plan tie you up as well. And again, it's not your problem to make it happen, but adding value by letting that employee know, look, you've got a big portion in this TIA traditional, and it's going to take you five to seven years, depending on the plan, to be able to get your money out. Mm -hmm. So I'm not so sure how we're going to be able to divide this and send half to your soon-to-be ex-spouse, just knowing that those could be some challenges. Talk about being a hero. Just, again, it, you know, Vicki, it's, you don't have to have all the answers. That's not where we're, t- just like being able to point out this could be a problem. Mm-hmm. This could be a problem. Let's bring an expert. You will be the hero with a superhero cape. Oh, and that's what we want to help do. You know, there's also something that, you know, you've mentioned to me and I've learned a lot about, which is non-qualified stock, stock option, options. So how do those work? How do you divide those stock units and what gets taxed? How does that work? Yeah. So um, when we get to employer stock uh, options or restricted stock options, it can be really confusing and you can't just go in and cut things in half and then send half of those stock options or half of those restricted stock units to the previous spouse. It just doesn't work that way. And so in a divorce, what ends up happening is that a constructive trust has to be set up and written into the divorce decree, 
which is just a fancy way of saying that the employee has to continue to own those stock options on that restricted stock units until they vest, until they actually can sell them. And then at that point, they can sell them and transfer whatever amount of those proceeds their ex-spouse is entitled to. But, 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 but. There's always a but. (laughs) There is. And you have to be really careful because the employee can really, really get screwed. And I have seen this so many times and it is heartbreaking. In, In the divorce agreement, it will say when the restricted stock units vest or when the stock options vest upon sale, half of the proceeds will immediately be sent to the previous spouse. Well, that's a real problem because we didn't talk about something that you alluded to, Vicki, taxes. Taxes, right. So when stock options um, vest, the taxes you pay is the difference between the strike price that they were given you to given to you versus what you sold them for. So for example, um, we'll call it ABC stock and they say that the strike price is $50. It means that you can buy that stock for $50, whatever the price is. So you're really happy if that price goes up to $150 because you're getting quite a bargain. You're buying a $150 stock that you can sell literally tomorrow you're only having to pay $50. Like talk about coupon clipping. That's as great as you can possibly be. But you don't get that $100 of gain for free. You actually, you have to pay taxes on it and you have to pay ordinary income taxes. Like it it came to you in your paycheck, right? There's no free lunch. With restri- restricted stock units, um, whatever that unit is is given to you, let's say it's worth $100. When it vests, you now are given a stock worth $100 and it's you have to pay taxes on it. You have to pay ordinary income, again, like it came to you in your paycheck. And this is where the problem is, is because if you then sell that, that stock, you're, you're not selling $100 worth of stock. You have to pay taxes. So you might only be selling $70 of stock versus the 100 you're walking away with $35 to you, potentially $35 to her. But in the agreement, if it said that she gets half, you're going to have to pay her half of 100, what the value was. So she's getting $50, right? She's getting $50 and you are having to, you're getting 25, you're having to pay all of the taxes and what's left over. And the number of fights and because of course this doesn't fly, right? Like once this realizes, right. but then having to go back into litigation, having to hire lawyers, just from the beginning, letting that employee know when you exercise your, you know, when you exercise the stock options, whatever that gain is from the strike price that it's gone up, you're going to pay taxes. Let's make sure that the agreement says that you both share in those taxes. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with the restricted stock units when they actually are vested and you have to pay taxes, you have to pay ordinary income, that again, you're sharing in that. Um, 
it's it's really important and key. And there are things too that have happened. What happens if while they have not vested yet, the employee dies or the employee becomes disabled? Every company has a different protocol on what happens to those unvested shares. And for some, you get them still 100% outright, but for others, you don't and you lose it. So there are a lot of pieces and um, the HR professionals will have this. It's deep, deep, deep in that manual that they have about stock options and restricted stock units. Um, again, not that you need to do anything about, it, but just letting that employee know, you know, of what happens in due, due to a death, what happens to you in the event of a disability to these shares. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, that was an interesting t- topic about the tax sharing those taxes. It's, you know, it's, it's so interesting I learn something new every time I talk to, to you. And um, are there other tax implications that people, you know, that's a, that, that you just really actually scared me because I would never have thought of that on my own had I not had somebody like you. But, you know, are there other tax implications of divorce that we should be, that can kind of sneak up on you like that? Yeah, uh, we've, you know, we've talked a lot about retirement plans and we've talked about um, employee stock and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I think that what's really, really difficult about divorce in general is that you, you have a balance sheet and you're looking at all the assets and you're trying to do something that's equitable, something that's quote unquote fair. And so you're saying, okay, you take this asset, it's a hundred thousand, and you take that asset, and it's a hundred thousand. The most important thing is to really understand the tax piece mm-hmm. of every what that tax DNA is of every single account, and it's very easy with a checking account or a savings account, right? A hundred thousand dollars is a hundred thousand dollars, but a hundred thousand dollars in brokerage account A versus brokerage account. B after tax could be very different. And so taking uh, just a, another layer off the onion and peeling it back to see what is the basis. And the basis is essentially what was it purchased for? So if we were to sell everything today, what would you be left with after taxes, after paying capital gain? And the same thing also with uh, retirement. And we talked a little bit about it in the biggest piece of understanding is this a regular 401k or is this a Roth 401k? Is this a regular IRA or is this a Roth IRA? Each one of these is a little different. And some of you might have health savings accounts for employees who have high deductible insurance plans. Those are like a Roth. Whatever comes out of it, you don't have to pay taxes. And so I've seen individuals say, oh, I'll take the $10,000 health savings account. You take the 10,000 rollover IRA. They're completely different. After taxes, that rollover IRA might only be worth $7,000. Where that health savings account, again, any dollars, as long as they're used for health-related expenses, 
they grow tax-free. So, you know, just understanding that I call it tax DNA of each account so that you can look at it with a pair of glasses that shows you the real values is really important and key. And it's something that not many people think to do um, because quite frankly, it's, it's pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, when it comes to taxes, it can be very, very confusing, very confusing. And, and overwhelming for somebody like me that whose brain just doesn't operate like this, right? I'm my, yeah. my, you know, I, I have my genius in something completely and totally different than spreadsheets yeah. and numbers and understanding this stuff. So I appreciate you. And, you know, as we wrap this up, we always ask our guests to, you know, just some real quick tips uh, or ideas that they can take back to their team. Um, do you have any for our listeners today? You know, I would say, and I love the word that you used in, in describing that question of team. Um, I would love to end on knowing that you're not in this alone and that we each have our superpower in this in this role of supporting an employee going through divorce. And if you have questions, reaching out to a colleague there at your employer or reaching out to a divorce financial analyst. I mean, we, we love to talk about this stuff. Um, I find it really exciting and I know how nerdy that makes me seem. <laughs> I know exactly how nerdy, but and my um, head was spinning when you said that. I went, "Oh Lord, that's not yeah, me." But it's you know, and the and the reason it's so exciting is because it's, I I love the old Sherlock Holmes movies where they're you know you're you're unearthing and you're getting to the bottom, and that's what this is really about of like really understanding about all these different assets and what they really mean, and you know, using a, a divorce financial analyst. Um, we love to talk about this stuff. Anyone that will listen will, you know, makes us so happy. And then also interlinking with, with the legal team, mm -hmm. right? And, and making sure that that uh, person is also part of the team. And then I would say the other piece, and I know this is always, a, it can be uncomfortable to bring up to an employee, but the mental health support is key. And hopefully there is mental health support there at the company. But if not, um, I, I strongly encourage you to reach out to relationship counselors, other advisors, trauma advisors in the community and ask, who are you talking to about this? Because divorce death and a move, those three are the biggest stressors of anyone's life. And for many people, they're going through a move and divorce. Right. Right. And so they're getting two of them on top and brain fog is real. It is real. Some of us have had a taste of that from having experienced COVID. And so we know how that feels, but can you imagine not recovering from that because there's so much trauma going on? So you know, reach out to your colleagues, build that team of financial professionals that can answer some of those questions that you might not be sure about. Work with the lawyer, 
that is uh, representing and advocating for that employee and make sure that you've got those mental health uh, resources and that support for them as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's uh, one of the things that we talk about is that impact, what makes that uh, that brain fog in this case, and that's just an overload of cortisol and cortisol floods the brain and your prefrontal cortex just does not communicate. It's just not yeah. working. And, if, and, and it, interestingly enough, and I'll leave, leave on this, they, there's two things that are known to easily, most easily and most effectively remove that cortisol. And it's, believe it or not, is yoga and meditation. Isn't that interesting? Everybody, you know, this, have you ever met a, 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 yeah. a yogi that's not like yeah. totally like, you know, it's so chill, but that's the importance of that is knowing that you can get, so, you know, kind of get that placky substance off your brain. But Stacy, thank you so much. This was so awesome. I'm even going to use some of these, um, the, the clips of this today, and I'm going to put this up on LinkedIn because I think this is so important. And uh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on our show today. We're going to also do some, have some tips from you for our listeners, employees on our website so that they can ask if they have one question about finances that we'll be able, they'll be able to go to the back of our uh, website and find those resources. So thank you, Stacy, And thank you everybody for listening today. We appreciate you for being here and we will see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us on Divorce Right HR Solutions for Divorce in the Workplace. If you know someone who would benefit from something you've learned today, please share this with them. And if you found value, please leave us a review. 